This is mic number one. This is mic number one. Isn't this a lot of fun? Hello, everyone. Hello. Hello. Da, 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 da. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then this time. Yep, that's me. And then this time. Keep it going. And then this time. Uh, testify. Hmm. Okay. I'm good. Yes, sir. I'm good. I feel good. How do I sound? You guys okay? Yeah. You sound great. Uh-huh. Then comes the content. Willikers. Okay. All right. Yes, sir. I'll be swearing up a storm. Are we oh, going? Shit. Are we headed? Are we going? All right. <coughs> so, uh, Milton Berle has well, this legendary mm-hmm. penis. Yes, sir. Right? It's yep. like a 10 or 11 inch penis. Yep. And um, Norm MacDonald has, I think, a an equally legendary penis because according to legend, Norm MacDonald's penis is six inches long, flaccid, uh-huh. and hard. It's a penis that remains the same but firms up. Hmm. Right? Well, you know Gary Cooper was packing heat. Are you just assuming this? No, that's the, the legend. Is Gary Cooper was... Hung like one of the horses he rode in those westerns. <laughs> okay. Biggest, biggest is uh, biggest I'm aware of Hollywood wise. John Garfield. Okay. Pretty obscure, but uh, at this point, but uh, he apparently had a had like a like a twelve to thirteen wanger. You're kidding me. No. Body and soul, indeed. You're oh, listening to shit. Celebrity Honkers <laughs> podcast. <laughs> by the way, you ever heard of people called a honker? Honkers. By the way, yeah. honkers <laughs> of old Hollywood. That's, that's Fresno uh, idiom, I believe. If you're <laughs> uh, noticing that there's a third voice um, with us today, it's because we have a special guest in the studio. That's Evan Monroe. Joe hit Hawker. his head. No, or just call me Evan Monroe. Evan Monroe, Evan Monroe. Yeah. local comedian, mm-hmm. Fresno comedian, also. A leading light in the movie enjoyment industry in the yeah. Central Valley, certainly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. he does. Um, what do you do? You have the the sort of. Um, I'm like a I'm like a DJ, but for movies. Okay. Where I mm-hmm. well, back when DJs actually did jockey discs, you know, they would turn people on to that kind of stuff. That's uh, mm-hmm. it's a little bit what I do. You know, I'm just you, doing it for you, passion. You co-host the the Savage Cinema Club, which is a, with another comedian, and it's a sort of film commentary on yes, le- kind of lame. You know, like Roadhouse type films at a local brewery. Well, Roadhouse is not lame. It is uh, okay, I apologize. epic, but <laughs> it is um, it is our sponsor. Yeah. His sponsor, so be nice. Oh yeah, it's no, it's it's great. It's um, it, it because of Mystery Science Theater, mm-hmm. uh, commenting on movies. It, it's almost become like improv yeah. groups mm-hmm. where they they popped up in all these cities, and I'm like, Fresno needs this, so uh-huh. we just, you know, I started it uh, originally at Peeves. Before they closed, mm-hmm. nobody came out to those. Mm-hmm. And then uh, uh, when Full Circle Brewery got new management, they asked me if I wanted to do some movie nights. And I was like, oh, let me do Savage Cinema Club. Uh, so, yeah, just find it on Facebook if you're on there and uh, give it a like. And he's the Fresno film buff mm-hmm. on Twitter. And, and he, Instagram. And Instagram. He also like curates in a more serious manner like important classic films downtown. Yeah. I show them at Bitwise right now. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, awesome. we're gonna show Real Genius on the nineteenth. Occasionally, you you you've, you you'll have people over for like a John Wayne Gacy esque thing in your That's apartment. Right. We've both been to your house, and you show. Actually, Evan shows films, and but before he shows the films, <laughs> he he puts on the soundtrack to the film you're about to watch. I mean, Occasionally, it's a really, and, and or other uh, movie related soundtrack. Yeah, it's yeah. nice. Well, sometimes I'll switch it up. You know, before I show a Disney film, I'll play the soundtrack to Psycho. You know, mm. just to yeah. 
get people primed. So, so also, now there's the range, too, because um, Huey Lewis in the News apparently had a really big penis, or has a big penis, but also... <laughs> so um, you, Huey Lewis and the whole, all of the news... Just Huey Lewis, I'm sorry. <laughs> Huey Lewis himself. By the way, we digressed into other stuff for a moment there. Sorry, sorry back about to the that, yeah. and, topic here. But poor Peter Frampton is reported to have a oh, tiny micro penis. micro-penis. Yeah. Micro-penis, yeah. I saw do him I feel concert. like you do, indeed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, so anyway, the reason I'm bringing the, all this... I can't wait to get this part. <laughs> Please. No, I, I saw Peter Frampton in concert last year, and yep. uh, he's a he killed it. Yeah, great set. But mm-hmm. he is a uh, not a tall man. Uh, so if the usually the rules, if they have small hands and small feet, yeah, they might, you know, not be packing. Much the weird meat. part is he wasn't even using a pick. That was his dick. Boom. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know it? All? It was it was callous too. It was insane. His yeah. dick. Oh yeah. yeah. So it's so I, I I imagine I don't know if you guys want to chime in on other people you imagine and I know why I should keep it to men women with big swimsuit areas as well no, women with like large lips yeah down there oh. so hmm. so I imagine I got yeah, Agnes Moorhead for that really really I don't big know why I, just think, I think she's just got like a serious beef wallet situation <laughs> beef meat wallet purse. Yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah man she's got like serious meat yeah okay so I think I. I believe, and I don't know if there's legend attached to this one, I believe I'm going to just go on record as having made up the following, that Marlon Brando has a big penis. And here's why. He has the confidence of a man with a big penis, and I also want to segue that into the following, which is to say this vis-a-vis what's coming out of my mouth, and that is that... <laughs> wow, I, it is coming out of your <laughs> mouth. I can't wait. Marlon Brando was the first of like the sort of new wave sex symbols. You had like... Yep. Um, John Wayne, but mm-hmm. if you're looking at, um, my God, what is his name? Ryan um, Gosling. Gosling, he's a descendant of the Marlon Brando mm-hmm. school of sexiness. Yeah, I think he is credited with being like sort of the first of that wave, you know, like Montgomery Clift, shortly to follow, and others of that ilk, you know. Yeah. James Dean, of course, but uh, Marlon Brando is the guy who sort of broke but through sex is the part method. Of it. Yeah, well, part of his method acting, long before he was sending fake Indians to, to <laughs> accept his, his uh, Oscar, mm-hmm. uh, part of his process. She was process, real. Was she? Oh, yeah. She's a real person, but so not a real Indian. Little she's a real yeah, Indian no, she too, actually yeah. is a I heard man. she was a phony Indian. A phony that is, uh, it's not true. Well, from the inf- documentary I saw, there's yeah. it's called Real Engine about that, and no, she's at least, at least mostly Native American. Okay, so all right. So, she's so like, she's 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 a quarter Cherokee. You know, come on, dude, just like all of us. She yeah, aged. there you go, and that's why she's that's why she got sent because he had he couldn't fit another twelve incher in his pants, according to Joe. Hello. This is the moment you just remain silent. Yes, just sir. let just it lay let the there. fucking magic happen, dog. So Let's keep talking about Marlon Brando's hog. I, I really so want his, to. Uh, his mule was <laughs> tremendous, but apparently part of his his method acting was that he would keep um, women in his dressing rooms just sort of ready, like between takes, to sort of let his a- actorly frustration out. They were part of his methodology of acting. Sounds about right. Yeah, oh, he indulged himself one. in women, food. Booze, like all that stuff, just caught up to him. No, oh, yeah, you know right. later. So I feel him. Yeah. So we have anyway. So we have Marlon Brando, mm-hmm. his huge penis. We have his first um, film, The Men, uh, from oh, 1950. Great movie. We have it's it's followed in loose succession. But by the way, this is one of the great things about The Men. Jack Webb with a goatee and as a hipster. It was amazing. Yeah, it's pretty. <laughs> it's pretty intense. <laughs> Wonderful. We have Streetcar Named Desire. We have Julius Caesar. We have The Wild One. And then, you know, I'm missing a few. Class sure. Menagerie, was he? No, that was no. No, You're just was making him. shit up now. Yeah, yeah. You're right. just trying <laughs> to sound Tennessee Williams-like. Yeah, I like Tennessee Williams. Had a big penis. Better than North Carolina Williams, let me tell you. 
so um, Marlon Brando uh, in 1954 stars in On the Waterfront. On the Waterfront. I'm going to throw it to you, Evan, since you're our <laughs> guest. You, what are your initial thoughts on On the Waterfront? Well, uh, honestly, I didn't see it until recently. I, I got the uh, mm. that nice Criterion Blu-ray, and uh, mm-hmm. I was really impressed. It, it, there's some old films that don't hold up, and this one really holds up. It's yeah. uh, it's kind of it's definitely not the first of its kind, but it's an early film that tackled like the realistic, you know, uh, what it was like on the streets, sort of that whole. You know the unions and the and how they were mobbed up and and the uh, the blue collar workers and and it seemed very true to life. It's sort of in between like old Hollywood and the more realistic thing. Although the the end of the movie sort of has this tacked on uplifting Hollywood ending. Not to spoil anything, but it's other than that, it's it's a yeah great film and it works in the context of the film. Yeah. You know? so, so it's a film about the 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 docks of New York. I mean that's mm-hmm. the setting right. of the film, right? We have Marlon Brando who plays Terry. Terry. And yeah. Terry Malloy. There's a there's a situation Irish as hell happened at mm-hmm. the beginning of the film where someone's thrown off a building. Right. And we're given to understand that he's Joey has been thrown another dock worker or neighborhood person has been thrown off the building because mm-hmm. he's about to become a pigeon. A stool pigeon. Right. Yeah. He's and gonna, so he's, he's gonna go he's gonna he's gonna testify against the mob and the controlling of the, 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 the docks and all that kind of stuff. Right. Right. Try to bring down so, the corruption. Yeah, Terry Brando's character, he unwittingly didn't realize he was they were using him to bring part the of the guy. setup. Yeah, yeah he's so, like, he sets Joey up for the fall, the literal fall. Yeah, mm-hmm. right. So, so the struggle is. And, and I'd, like, I'd like to point out the important, an important element of this too is that he loves Joey, like he's a friend of Joey. So it was a setup in the in the sense that there's, you know this guy would you know who is he going to trust Terry? So Terry gets the gets the call to to sort of lure him into the area where he's going to go. And we understand immediately that Terry has a conscience yes. that that he understands the the, the mean streets of of New York, mm-hmm. but. Uh, and the business he's in, and he understands that it's mob controlled and everything else, but he can't really believe that it's coming down to this type of thing. That, yeah, that it's like he's it's like he's one of these people who who is willing to play by the odds, but he can't ulti- play play the games that are going on, yeah. but ultimately can't reconcile himself. Okay, right. So on a moral level, and 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 it's it's the, sort of complicated by the fact that his older brother, played by Rod Steiger. Rod Steiger. Is it Steiger or Steiger? Oh, it was pre- when he was alive. I heard it was. I remember the ads for Mars Attack said Rod Steiger. Interesting. In the, uh, wow. You get a third mic in here. You get all kinds of information. So, sure. so yeah. So his older brother. Let me look that up on Wikipedia later. His um, hold on. Let me Google it right now. <laughs> is um, not only sort of connected with the mob, but is the, like he's the a lawyer, level enforcer. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. He's he's part of the mob, definitely. All right. So Terry knows what he has to do, and he, mm-hmm. what he has to do is basically lay low, take the easy jobs, mm-hmm. s- say nothing, and that's the the credo of the neighborhood. Is like don't be a pigeon because right. he he threw he, he threw a fight. Well, okay, so that's, that's part of it, right? Part that, of that's, it. that's part, yeah, of, that's part of the deep background. The on this. exposition that comes up, but we're, we understand at and, first that he's and maybe one of the greatest scenes in Hollywood history. One yeah, it's them. a famous scene, but when you see it in context, I mean, it's so heartbreaking. I mean, it's so well. Yeah, the best powerful. part about that scene is the guy who plays a driver, and Tom is uh, so fucking what excited what to I talk about. I love this the movie on so many levels, just because there are so many great character actors from Hollywood in there, and the guy driving the cab, the one who ultimately rats out the situation to the mob. Uh, is Nehemiah Persoff, also from Some Like It Hot and, and other movies. He's just a great little character actor and 
Such a such a weaselly little fuck he always plays, He's, and he does it so well. But uh, he's but like, like a Strother Martin, but with a weird Italian slant to him. I don't know what it is. There's no movie here if it's simply that that Terry Brando's character has this this small sort of conflict, right? Because right. really the system, the the mob, his relationship mm-hmm. with his brother is going to overpower his 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 um, initial sort of balking at the situation. Right. Um, what happens is Eva Marie Eva Marie Saint, Saint comes into play. She's along, lovely. She's is, beautiful. Is there is there a better Named actress in Hollywood history, maybe Eva Marie Saint. How yeah. different is she in this movie from Five Years Later in uh, North by Northwest? Oh, oh, she's much more. Yeah, because you know Hitchcock, he liked them all glammed up, and yep. in this one, she's just, you know, she doesn't have a lot of makeup on. She's just mm-hmm. naturally beautiful. Literally, girl know? next door. Yeah, yeah, she looks so. Yeah, she looks so much different. She plays Joey's brother, and so something. Sister, you, really? Uh, yeah. Well, she, listen, I sister, have my own view. Of these things, but sibling. He plays the How about that? We don't want to offend anybody. The here. sister of the guy who felt it was a cisgendered later. sister. Yeah, okay. Can we all agree uh, that that's what we'll call her? Sure. Yeah, absolutely. And of course, naturally, what happens is this sort of romance begins to blossom between mm-hmm. Terry, who's guilty of having led Joey out um, right. onto the roof where he mm-hmm. ultimately meets his demise. Um, and, and, and of course, thrown yeah. in is Carl Malden, Carl Malden and his nose. Yes, his enormous, One of the biggest noses nose. in Hollywood, by the oh, way. Oh, yeah. Is that right? His but nose was the size of Milton Berle's penis. Oddly. <laughs> Fuck you. From what I, I hear. I like, I'd like to good. see him and W.C. Fields have like a nose a off. A nose off. Back That's in the day. pretty gay. That's, that would be, pretty you know what would be like? Yeah, like? Well, not the dick nose, just, you know, the nose John nose. Garfield, mm-hmm. Carl Malden dick off. That would be something to watch. Mm. Can we pause for a quick circle jerk? Yeah. I think we did. So I think we just did. We're back. So, so oh. I'm still in my refractory <laughs> period. Anybody for a wet nap? Okay. <laughs> so we're um, anyway. So what else do we need to say about this movie? I mean, that's that's the essential sort of conflict of the film With that needs to be resolved because mm-hmm. what? Go that's ahead. the physical conflict of the movie. Now, yep. now the other part of it is just watching Terry sort of waking up mm-hmm. to moral possibilities, the possibility of a life other than the one he thinks is just the way you do it. Which is how we come back to what Evan was trying to mention a moment yes. ago, mm-hmm. that backstory about Terry. And Terry was once a fighter, and I give it over to you, sir. Yes, he was once a fighter, and his brother, played by Rod Steiger, uh, or Steiger, uh, he made him throw the fight. And he that's what leads to that famous scene where he goes, I could have been a contender, I could have been somebody, right. Right. instead of a... Uh, how's it so? Instead of a, a bum, a bum, a which bum, is what, which I, is am. what I am. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and yeah. we all know everybody. People who haven't seen the movie know that, but when you see it in context, yeah, uh, I'm without giving anything away for the people that are listening. This want to check it out. It's, yeah. uh, it's such a and him and, and Steiger they uh, they improvise a lot of not so much the words, but how they they did the motions. You know, when he just mm. gently. Uh, you know, pushes the gun away and, and things like that. It's just so... Uh, it's beautifully shot. I mean, it's actually... It, it's it, magnificent. Yeah, it's a great scene. And it's it's one of those things where you don't care. You can see the fact that they're sitting in this awful sort of backseat with a screen behind mm-hmm. them that's moving in blurry black and white. And it's... it's, it's well, not, it's covered. It's like the... I guess they couldn't get the projector to work, so they put, like, this metal... It's weird. It's like even back then, I don't think a lot of cars had like a, a metal mm. blinder behind them. Right, yeah. Right. So they were the director was just like, "Fuck it, let's just cover it's it." It's a big fuck it moment because who cares? Yeah. Really, it's just yeah. about the, the the moment between them. Right? I know. Like, I think it's I think it's almost more than that. I think it's the moment of the movie. I think if you take out that yeah. scene from the movie, yeah, that movie would still play. Yeah. It just wouldn't be a classic movie, huh? That okay. movie, that that investment of an emotional of a, a just a, of an emotional turmoil on both parts, not just. 
Terry, but also the character Rod Steiger's playing. Right. Like, you could see the pain in him, you know, at the same time. He knows he betrayed his brother. How and his brother is calling him out on it. Yeah. Not with any, not, not, not with like a, you know, what are you going to do for me now situation, but just going, fuck, man, I'm so disappointed. Yeah. It's painful. So it's a movie about, if you were to say, like, it's a movie about, and like, fill in the blank. Is it a movie about, like, living God, by other people's expectations? He's so disappointed. It's just a movie about, about <laughs> abuse of power and how yeah. people just finally got to take a stand. And Well, it's know. interesting <laughs> because the whole neighborhood has that sort of, they're being abused by the mob. The yeah. neighborhood, and yet they're silent, right? Yeah. They like turnkey to the mouth. They don't rat. How realistic do you think that is? Pretty, pretty goddamn realistic, pretty actually. Really. Except for, at, like I said at the very end, it's uh, well, yeah, I, you know. I ascribe that to, to a certain Catholicism that was just very rampant in that time. I mean, you got the Catholic priest, you mean the and, resurrection of Terry, or something. No, no. I mean, I mean, just like the like there, there was a there was a, an influence, a, a Catholic influence that was heavily in Hollywood at that point. That kind of uh-huh. moved things towards like it had to have this moral ending where uh, you know the bad, the evil was punished and that kind of stuff. It's it was yeah. They just didn't want it too dark. I mean, Martin Scorsese. Uh, he saw it when he was a kid in the 50s, and he said that even him and people around them, they loved the movie, and it seemed very true to life. However, they, they knew that a certain character at the end of the movie in real life would have been face down in the water, mm. you know? Yeah, of course. <laughs> so, um, but what, other than that, yeah, it's a great film. What yeah, about like, the angle that, that this film represents the sort of anti-communist um, sort of movement of the time, and that it, mm-hmm. it, it paints the... the Union as sort of naturally corrupt a place where the rugged individual can't make his way into work. Well, right. it was Ely Kazan. It was his first movie after oh, the QI. Uh-huh. That guy. House on American that Activities motherfucker. Uh-huh. Um, Sorry, he was very unrepentant at the time, and that basically the movie was like his kind of fuck you to Hollywood, you know, especially when he won those Oscars. But I saw an interview with him. He changed it later, yeah. Yeah, I saw an interview with him 30 years later mm-hmm. in the early 80s where he was like, yeah, yeah, I, I, uh, I probably would have did things a little differently, knowing what I know now. It's I like, guess. yeah, no shit. Yeah, <laughs> I guess so. There's a whole. I mean, there's many sort of theories that that he and Arthur Miller, um, that Miller had actually advised him to to name names, and who the really? hell knows? Yeah, that's that well, they were they were they hung out a lot together in the early '50s, and I guess Kazan was fucking Marilyn Monroe mm. before Miller was. Mm-hmm. Miller probably had a large penis, by the way, now that I'm thinking about it. Probably you bigger know, than Kazan's. Uh, Marilyn Monroe definitely did. A big penis? Yeah. Mm. God, wow. You know she had a clit like at like two thumbs, man. That's just uh, gross. I'm so Tom. sorry, Mom, if you're listening to this. Mm-hmm. Nobody listens to this. Don't <laughs> yeah, worry. Yeah, what are you talking about? <laughs> all right. Fair so enough. are we all agree that we like uh, On the Waterfront? So sorry, Mom, that you yeah. passed out with your headphones C- on. Can we say anything about the, the stylization of it or anything about the... the, the sort of structure of the film? I think it's interesting seeing it from modern standards because if you see it in the wake of, you know, obviously it influenced Scorsese, Mm -hmm. and you see it in the wake of, you know, Goodfellas and and Casino, which were based on true events, and uh, uh, there's a line in Goodfellas uh, where Henry Hill, as spoken by... by, uh, uh, Oh, shit, I'm having a brain fart. Uh, Ray Liotta. Liotta. Ray Liotta. He says... Because I thought of that line when I was watching On the Waterfront. He says, if you're part of a crew, nobody ever tells you that they're going to kill you. It doesn't happen that way. There weren't any arguments or curses like in the movies. So your murders come with smiles. They come as your friends. The people who have cared for, your, for you all of your life, and they always seem to come at a time when you're at your weakest and most in need of their help. 
and I thought of that when I was watching this movie because they're what are they doing? They're arguing, mm-hmm. they're cursing at each other. I mean, um, Lee J. Cobb, Lee J. Cobb, the great Lee J. Cobb, who uh, most people know him from The Exorcist as the uh, the, the investigator, but he's like. So, you, you know, it's the style of the movie, which is, uh, but I guess we know from real life that most of the time they, if you have a disagreement with a mobster, they're going to, they're not going to have loud arguments in front of everybody. They're just going to quietly be like, you know, take him out, you know? Yeah. Things yeah. Like, I mean, in that sense, I mean, the realism is definitely not there. I mean, the, 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 you're right. I mean, it, in, it's in realistic real life, in other ways. The ending would have, would have been Terry face down <laughs> in the water for sure. <laughs> yeah. There's no way around that. Yeah, well, I guess it was based on a in, a real incident where that guy did die, mm-hmm. you know, who butted heads with the uh, the union boss. So, yeah. uh, spoiler, no, nah, mm. not nah, you know. There's some even if it was a spoiler, if it's a great film, it should be spoiler proof. I mean, a lot of people know the twist. I would in say Psycho that this is yeah. I would say that this is a spoiler proof movie. Yeah. Well, let's talk about the next film, which is 1961's mm. one. It was in the. It was finished in '60, but it, it got delayed. So yeah, '61 is okay. when it came One-Eyed out. One-Eyed Jacks again Jacks. with Brando and, and Carl Malden. Carl Malden. Carl Malden. Hey, now I'm gonna. Yeah, we'll talk about the cast in a little bit because I think one of the things that's missing from this is the other strong presences, Rod Steiger. Uh, Lee J. Cobb as other characters inside of the movie. So you're critiquing, you're giving a negative critique to the film initially, immediately I'm based have, on that. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, I think, I think ultimately Brando. Uh, well, I mean, we'll talk about it, but he had a lot of power in this movie, and he sh- and it kind of shows to a certain extent to me. It's also a film to some degree about loyalty. It takes on the oh, subject yeah. of loyalty, mm-hmm. and, and I mentioned mm-hmm. that because I think that on the waterfront does obviously as well. Right. Yeah, okay. that's true. So you want to give us a, a brief synopsis of the film, Evan? Yeah. So uh, One Eye Jacks, the movie opens in a uh, a bank in Sonora, Mexico in the 1800s. And uh, you see uh, uh, Marlon Brando plays, uh, he's called The Kid. And uh, Carl Malden is in his gang. Uh, they call him uh, Dad Longworth. So already you have that, you know, father-son subtext. Uh, and they're robbing a bank and they're accompanied by... Uh, that great character actor that was in uh, the the Searchers. What was his name? The, the Swedish. Oh yeah. The character. I know the. I know him from the Searchers, but I know him from his name from the Searchers. Moe's. I don't okay, know the, that. Moe's. Yeah. yeah. People. People who love Twin Peaks. He's the old man that's always given the thumbs up. Okay. Uh, but uh, he he has. I presume he had longer scenes, but they're cut out. But anyway, so they rob the bank. You find out that Brando's character, the kid, is uh, is a real scoundrel. Because he'll just go up to women and steal their wedding ring, and then he'll seduce a lady and say that it's, you know, give it to them. And it was uh, my mother's ring. It was my mother's ring. Yeah. And then when he finds out that the uh, the federales are onto them, he quickly snatches the ring from the senorita, <laughs> and they go on their way. And what happens is they end up. Uh, the other guy gets killed. They're uh, they're up on the top of a hill and they're surrounded by them on one side. And so uh, Dad Longworth, played by Carl Malden, him and them, they decide to uh, draw, was it bullet rides? or They decided... Whatever, the equivalent of flipping a coin. Yeah, Yeah. somebody, and Brando does it in his favor, in Malden's favor. Right. So he goes down to get fresh horses for them. Mm -hmm. You mean Malden does? Yeah, Yeah. and he takes the, and he has the money, uh, all the pesos that they stole from the bank. Mm -hmm. And he decides to bounce. He Mm -hmm. just leaves Brando... They, he gets arrested. Uh, he finds out. They go to the place where he stole the the horse, and and he right. finds out how he left him. 
He's in a prison for five years. So this is the, the initial sort of conflict, right? Which is that Brando is, has been betrayed. Yes, by yeah, big yeah. time. And it's like, whoa. And proven and, uh, and pretty obvious like, yeah. at the same time. Right. It's almost, what's interesting though, is then when Malden is thinking about it, it's almost uh, like Hitchcockian in the way that, you, it's suspenseful because you're wondering like, mm. what's he going to do? Is he right. going to get, is he going to go back up there and save his friend? Or is because gonna... you, you literally see, and here I'm ta- talking, you know, negotiating the, the price of the horses and all like that. Mm-hmm. He's, he's toying with the idea of doing the right thing here. Which you know for robbers, I guess. Yeah, right. and so he, so Brando is is thrown to the wolves. He's in this. You don't see it, but you just hear how hellish this prison is. Mm-hmm. He escapes, and him and his friend uh, decide to uh, find out where he's at. And it turns out he's in Monterey. Monterey, California. Monterey, California. Yeah. One of the few westerns that's set on the beach, which yeah. uh, beautiful Vista Vision photography mm-hmm. color. Which is something we should get back to after you give us a synopsis because we want to talk about the direction of this film. <laughs> but go ahead. So, so he finds him in Monterey. He finds out he's the sheriff of Monterey. He's a bully, Evan. He's a bully. I'm and he's you. on the other side of the law now. And uh, he, uh, he meets him. And uh, I don't know, how much of this should I give away? <laughs> well, just that he now sees that the guy who's betrayed him, who was once his compadre. He's literally you know, he's gone a, to the other side as well. He's now, now a sheriff. He's now a sheriff. And he's so, now a sheriff. He has a, a, an, a, a wife and a stepdaughter. So the, the last two thirds of the film is really about, you know, how will he approach revenge? Because yeah. he needs his revenge, but it's complicated by the fact that he can't simply enact revenge because Malden is a, is a shrewd, cruel Crafty motherfucker, man, basically. Yeah. You find that out, yeah. You think, oh, maybe he is sorry for what he did, but Brando no. lies to him. He tells him, oh, you know, you... You left, but I, I got out of there and I was fine. You know, it's well, he's given he's given him the opportunity to come clean at yeah. that point too, which the, he decidedly does not do. So the, yeah, I mean, really, that's that's what we're waiting for when we watch this film. We're waiting for how is this all going to play out? It's a it, slow burn. It is definitely a slow burn, and so I wonder if I'm not jumping ahead. So you can tell me to fuck off and go back to what you were doing. But Evan, if I if I sort of toss it to you to talk about um, the direction. Of the film or, or the I production. Just, Go ahead. I wanted to throw in one angle, which I think we're missing out here, which Please. is the love situation with uh, between Brando and Malden's stepdaughter, too. That yeah, comes that's in part of complica- the complication. Yeah, yeah. that's just one of the complicating factors there, but definitely. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Because you're like, what's he going to do? Is he going to like bang her in, in revenge? But we don't use words Malden? like bang here. No, we. Like, oh, fuck. I mean, I'm sorry. We uh, Is he going to. Uh, is he going to sit- slam her in the wallet? Yeah. Okay. Is he, <laughs> so- he going to plow through her? Yeah. All right. On the beach. I'm sorry, Evan's mom. <laughs> so He's going to deposit his seed in right. her furrow. So now, can we talk about the, yeah, the production go. and direction of this film? All right, go. Well, it's interesting in that Stanley Kubrick was originally going to direct it, and he, uh, according to a few sources, he got tired of Brando's bullshit. And uh, In fact, there's famously, there was a, I guess they were sitting around cross-legged in Brando's living room, and whoever had an idea... They would hit the gong first so that they could speak, and uh, Wait, this is this was when he was in Brando's idea. Yeah, yeah. of course, you like know, like little, the conch shell. Everybody, I wish you to sit cross-legged. <laughs> Somebody did it. Know. There it is. I did. That's okay. My Brando impression. Very good. So they're all doing that, uh, you know, Kubrick and all these other dudes. And uh, Stanley says something, and Brando's like, "Wait, wait, you didn't hit the the gong," and Stanley just looked at him, you know, stone-faced and said, go fuck yourself, Marlon. Mm. And he got up and left. Mm-hmm. 
so he courted some other directors. Uh, Sam Peckinpah wrote a, oh. a draft of the script. He wasn't going to direct. He was just a writer at that time. Yeah. And then finally, people were like, Marlon, just direct it yourself, man. You keep micromanaging everything. And then how, what did right. he say and exactly how did he say it? Oh, I don't, I don't know. I need it in the Brando voice, please. Uh, <laughs> I want to direct this fucker myself. <laughs> it's no, very I'll, good. I'll, I'll do. I got a pretty good Malden. Hold on. Why don't you direct it, man? See, pretty good. <laughs> I'll pretty do Brando's good. penis. I'm huge, <laughs> and I might have a few STDs. <laughs> okay. I mean, come so, on. You can't be all those classic actors. Like you know, yeah. Jack Nick. If you're slinging dick through Hollywood through all these dick. centuries, you gotta be. You yeah. gotta have a few scars. Or I imagine. Sure. Oh yeah, Jesus. Yeah. So yeah. so um, all right. So how successful do you think? Um, I'm talking to both of you actually. Do you think Brando was as a director? In this thing, I think he was. I think it was successful. It was. If I didn't know Brando directed it, I would have been like, "Wow, this is interesting." How the shots are set up, and mm-hmm. they were filming with these huge, heavy VistaVision cameras. Or actually, they weren't heavy. They were. It was thirty-five millimeter, but they shot it on the film sideways so that it would use up. You know, it was a cheaper way to get a large yeah. format instead of getting large sixty-five millimeter uh, ones. And that's why when you see it on Blu-ray, it looks. Stunning, because for the longest time, you could only see this movie in these shitty bargain bin mm. DVD versions. You know, it looked like somebody sneezed on the on the film. It's just, or wiped their ass with it. I mean, it's such a shame. That's how I first saw it. But even in that version, it was great, yeah, Scorsese, in, in my opinion. Scorsese himself had some commentary that, that made Brando seem kind of Kubrick-esque himself, in mm. the sense that, I, I guess, um, Brando was obsessed with the Monterey Waves, and, and would sort mm-hmm. of like, you know, put the big camera out there until they finally got the right sort of right. wave, you know, pattern in the background and, and there's a certain scene. Well, when you see the shots, it's it makes sense. Yeah. It's beautiful with the waves. I mean, there's a scene where, uh, you know, there is a great cast in this movie. I suspect that most of the uh, most of their parts were cut. I mean, they was his rough cut was five hours long, you know. So thank good lord, <laughs> you know. Which, oh my god! I well, that, but uh, Slim Pickens is is great in the movie. Uh, You're with, right. I, I love the scene where Brando is finding trying to find Dan Longworth. He gets to Monterey. He goes to the sheriff's office, and Slim Pickens is there. And immediately, these two dudes just start nutting up to each other. And yeah. And, and I hate to say this, but one of the things about watching this, which is. Uh, I just I could not get Blazing Saddles out of my brain hmm. watching Slim Pickens. What in the in wild the- world of sports is going on here? Well, somebody better head back for a shitload of nickel. Yeah. We'll rape the shit out of them. Yeah, like yeah. and it was just a part. Like every time he talked, I, I was I flashed back to uh, Blazing Saddles. Hmm. Well, that's what got him the role in, in Doctor Strangelove. Was Kubrick had seen him in that, and when Peter Sellers, for whatever reason, couldn't do couldn't play that that redneck uh, uh-huh. Major Kong. He's like, well, let's just let's get the real let's deal. Get the real wait, wait, wait. Kubrick had seen him in what? In One Eyed Jacks. Oh, I'm surprised he saw it at all. Oh yeah, I don't oh. think there was any. I don't think you know Kubrick saw the movie. Uh, I, I don't think it was too tainted by his relationship with Brando. You know, yeah. huh? Well, uh, this, this Hollywood's full of those things. Like the the um, Ken Kesey swore he never watched One Flew of the Cuckoo's Nest. Well, that's on him. <laughs> yeah, maybe. I mean, it's a great film. Hunter Thompson wanted to kill Bill Murray after uh, was where the Buffalo Roam. Did really? He threatened to. Yeah. I don't think Hunter Which Thompson is funny. <laughs> but it's it's Hunter Thompson, so yeah. take that with a grain with the enormous grain of cocaine it should be sure. taken. With oh that. my God! Yeah, how right. funny you wanted to kill Bill Murray and not Johnny Depp because 
Johnny Depp was like the extreme version of mm-hmm. Hunter mm-hmm. when he was out of his mind, it, and Bill Murray played him when he was on more on booze, right, you know. Right. Mm-hmm. But anyway, that's another podcast. Tom, if I throw it to you, what, do you, what did you think of the direction of this film or the film itself? Uh, I thought the movie was. Um, I, I tell you what, it, 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 having walked away from it, the more I think about it, the more it, it uh, the more. I don't know, it seemed a little tedious. I got to be honest with you. Okay. It seemed a little tedious, yeah. a little, a little hyper mannered, and I think that a lot of that what came do you, from. Can you unpack Bra- that hyper mannered? Brando. Well, for, well, first off, I got to say I, I enjoy the fact that I think this is. And Evan, would you agree with me? This is one of the first sort of meta cowboy movies. Yeah, in a way, it's a. Uh, it's been called a deconstructionist. You're deconstructionist, Western. right? Okay. I love westerns. I mean, so this hit all the right points for me. But I get why it might be too long for some people. Yeah, it is. Well, it seemed to it seemed to me a little bit more sort of unnecessarily long in a, in a few ways, and a little bit mannered in some others, but but not quite mannered enough. It was a little it was a little goofy. So, I mean, they dressed very much in the traditional Western, mm-hmm. uh, you know, like the goofy kind of. Well, this is what people wore in the old West, which was really not what you know. This is like that fifties holdover right. and that cartoony, you know, Roy Rogers look thing. And so there was a quality of that going on at the same time. He wore like a Brando wore like a bedsheet around his neck throughout half of <laughs> it, and you knew that was. Like a deliberate choice that he made, yeah. For for whatever reason, I couldn't tell you what the reason was, but it just but it seemed it was just uh, it was weirdo. just a little That's bit. It was like his, yeah, he was a weirdo. But yeah. it's like his thumbprint, like right in the middle of the film at some points. But That's, the emotions, I mean, the intensity. Uh, I yes. mean, the scene where Carl Malden screams at his daughter or his yeah. stepdaughter. You know that they didn't tell her that was going to happen. I mean. Mm-hmm. The, that young lady who played his stepdaughter, uh, you, you know can I mean? see her in high definition. You can see her lip shaking. Like, you can tell she's really nervous. Yeah. Mm. They had a problem with, with her. And then, of course, Brando seduced her. And then dropped her. And dropped her. And that added even more to depression. And depression, she killed herself like, Wait, four did... years later. Yeah. Oh, okay. It's very sad. She was a, a you know young actress from Mexico. Mm-hmm. And, and, uh, and pretty promising, too. Pretty promising. It's just that they did have a problem when they were filming because she was so nervous. You know, and you can mm-hmm. see it, but it adds nervous it around Brando, this, or just nervous to be an actress. Just be being there in, yeah. in Hollywood, right. and, and uh, she obviously had a lot of anxiety issues. Okay. You know. Now um, that being said, like uh, you know, my objections being noted, I, I didn't. I, I liked the movie. I mean, it was a good movie. Yeah. But it's a little longer than I thought. I it felt that way. Too. We've talked before about the like the the director versus the editor, which is sort of the ultimate director, and I feel like this movie definitely could. Have used a well, pair of scissors for Jesus, sure. Jesus, imagine what the what was in the five five hour cut. I, I, mean, wanna, I don't want to imagine what I, was in the five hour cut. Hor- I did not know that existed until you told me a moment ago. And I'm having horrible. nightmares and I'm awake. No, the studio took it. Brando was taking so long; he went over budget with the film. And uh-huh. finally, yeah. the studio's like, he delivered his rough cut, which was like five hours plus. And the studio's like, "Fuck you, we're taking this. We're going to cut this down." And Brando just washed his hands clean. So he said, "Fine," and he went off to do mutiny so on the bounty. Okay. Ah. So the studio did it, and then when they cut it, then the studio said, "We got to change this ending." So without spoiling the ending, it's super. It's way worse than in on the water. That that's my biggest beef with this movie is that we mm-hmm. can't see when you find out what the original ending was. It makes so much sense right. because when you see it, it's totally tacked on. Hollywood bullshit. I have a question, really quickly, and this is just a hypothetical here. But what's the movie that 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 the Hollywood ending is the most bothersome to you? Uh, for either film, any film at all. Wow. I think probably this is, this is, this is like stretching our wings a little. Well, it's here. so obvious in this one. Sometimes you find out later that they reshot the ending, uh, and also the the theatrical cut of mm-hmm. Blade Runner, the original. Oh, okay, sure. That was super obvious. 
You know? Yes. Yeah. True. It's like we're in this dark dystopia, and then all of a sudden, hey, we're in the countryside, and it's nice and beautiful. And hey, guess what, Rachel? You you get to you're not going to die soon. You know. Okay. Cool. All right, Joe. What do you got? I don't know. I hate Blade Runner though. Are you kidding me? As soon as you said that, I, I stopped focusing. Okay, that's okay. it. I'm leaving. All right, <laughs> just right. A, hey, knives down, a, gentlemen. Knives terrible. down. No, knives down, Joe. Knives terrible. down. Keep going, Evan. Kill, just, kill him. It, it masquerades as a, a movie that's that's um, <laughs> sort of this examining something really I interesting. Never get to my like, on this one, Chad. Who who hasn't had that thought? I I get it. Eight. I mean, I get whoa, it that it's not blowing. a. I understand. I totally get Stand it. Why people time. either love Blade Runner or they hate it. I get it. Same yeah. with 2001. That's what people are wrong. Uh, That's what people are right. But yes. mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. So mm-hmm. let's just Ooh, leave it at that. I'm on the other side of 2001. Oh, Jesus, man. We could have some. Uh, okay. I love 2001. My movie, the one, that, the one that I hate the Hollywood ending is uh, Breakfast at Tiffany's. That's my most hated Hollywood ending. Mm. Just hate that goddamn ending. And why? It's so well, bad. You have to... It's antithetical to the entire point of the actual book itself. It's actually a novella. Yeah, by Truman Capote, and at the end, mm-hmm. it's basically it's a study of a highly independent woman. Yeah, that's yeah. all it is. Because the the in George the book. Pop- and in the and in the movie, she has she goes back to George Papard and all this stuff. Where in the book, it's a completely different concept. Going Wasn't on. George the character that George Papard played? Yeah, in the novel, he's gay. That's isn't another he? part of it too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And oh, then, there's so many things wrong with that movie that everybody loves. Oh, I know. I you know I I I didn't see. Breakfast at Tiffany's until about ten years ago, and I only saw it once. Mm-hmm. And I'm good. It, it's one of those movies that it, it's a major cult film, especially among women. Mm-hmm. And you see, it and you're like, "Oh my god, this doesn't hold up." I mean, especially Mickey Rooney with that horrible. <laughs> I take it that wasn't in the novel. Oh, what are you talking about? Oh All my right. god, <laughs> most, one of the most offensive. Oh, I forgot to do this, and then oh, I am from the Trade Confederation. I mean, it's like, okay, you know, Blake Mickey, Rooney and Tom are very racist. I agree. Oh, please, sir. Blake he, Edwards just, you, you know, Blake Edwards making, he's like, you know what? We need a offensive racial stereotype. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> at least he didn't, at least when Blake Edwards did the Pink Panther afterwards, he didn't cast uh, Mickey Rooney in the Cato part. He actually cast an Asian actor. <laughs> right, right. I wonder, yeah. And, and George Papard as Truman Capote, how hilarious is that? Oh, yeah. Hello. How would it, how funny would it have been if George Papard talked like Truman Capote? You know, that's not writing, that's oh, typing. Have you heard amazing. Capote's sure. voice? Yeah, 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 of course. Dude, oh, the, my God. Like the worst outing, the moment, the, just the moment his voice comes on, boom, out, game. You hear it and you're like, that's really how that guy talks. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't think of any unsatisfactory endings and it's bumming me out because I'm sure I have a bunch of them. Well, how about when uh, yeah, go ahead. some people uh, didn't like when uh, Forrest Gump's wife died of AIDS? That was That's... the best part of the movie. What are you talking about? <laughs> that bitch earned it. Oh, wait. Did I say <laughs> right. that? Yeah. Was that my outside That's voice? what she gets for joining those hippie liberal pinkos. <laughs> you know? Too far, Evan. Too far. <laughs> Slinging her meat wallet up far and wide. That'll teach her. All right. I'm sorry so... I ruined your Black Panther party. I think we're... <laughs> I think we're divided here. I think that we all agree. Oh, hey, you should get back to the topic. Right? We lo- <laughs> I had to. Marlon Brando. We love uh, On the Waterfront, all of us. Oh. We can all agree on that. Yes. And yeah. that, in yeah. terms of the one eyed jacks, Evan l- comes close to loving it, and Tom and I, oh, I like it. it no, he loves it. Problems. It's no. one of my favorite Westerns. Uh, to be fair, I haven't seen a lot of classic Westerns, no. but it's up there with. Uh, other films for me uh i just like the intensity i mean that's if we're going to talk about the themes of the movie they should have called this movie bullshit artists because you're basically seeing everybody bullshit each other oh okay and not tell the truth i mean one eye jacks you know right yeah. there's a line where brando says at the end when he's in jail he's like you know i've, I've seen you're real one-eyed jack here dad but i've seen the, your other side mm-hmm. you know i mean it's mm-hmm. not very subtle but it's there right yeah <clears throat> okay yeah. okay 
And I liked it. I mean, yeah, yeah I like it it's definitely it's definitely a worth watch for sure. Yeah, see it in high def. Yeah, on a oh. big screen, ten times as good. If as and only if so, you could finally like just dive into one of Carl Molden's like pores on his nose. What oh, a nose! What damn what it! A nose. What a great fucking it's nose! Distracting in, in HD. It's wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> and so it's too pale. It's like a character. Like we talk. Oh wait, what? I'm so dumb about toupees. Oh, yeah. Does yeah. Molden have a toupee? Oh yeah. Well, no, not Marlin. Um, I mean, Malden. I mean, Malden. Does Malden, Malden have has in in one eye jacks? He does in on the waterfront as the priest. That's his natural receding hairline. Yeah. Oh, okay. So if you see them back oh, to back, of course he does. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm, I'm picturing it now. Actually, um, actually, kind of thing. Did Malden have like two toupees during this movie? He did. He had a longer one for the beginning. For the beginning, when, yeah. Uh, and then later when he's the uh, a trimmer one for when he's the sheriff. Brandon's mm-hmm. dick was so big he needed two <laughs> Merkins. A legend has it. One for his balls and one for that spot above the penis. Yeah. Uh, oh yeah. Of course. Yeah. Absolutely. All right. I think we've we've covered everything we need to cover. I think uh, it's been a great episode. <laughs> Thanks, Thanks so. for joining us, Evan. By Absolutely. The way. Thanks for having. Thank me. And by the way, can we give yourself a few more plugs? You are. Uh, I am Evan Monroe. You can find me on Instagram at Fresno Film Buff. Uh, you can find me on Twitter. Uh, hit me up on Facebook. Stalk me on Facebook. Uh, Evan Monroe Faulkner. Um, Go give us a like uh, for Savage Cinema Club and also Downtown Classic Movies, which is the ones without the commentary that I show at uh, Bitwise here in downtown Fresno. But uh, just check it out. Uh, give me a shout out. Slide into my DM on Instagram as the uh, as the kids say these days. Okay, Those kids. And that's a basic business for Finley's. We are the Finleys on Film. Thank you so much for listening to us. Join us on our website, Finley on, finleysonfilm.com. Uh, from there, you can get at our iTunes. We really would appreciate any kind of a, you know, a, a rating and a comment on iTunes. That would be fabulous. We also have a Patreon page. Uh, we're trying to uh, buy a, some cans of soup for Joe, uh, Joseph over here. Uh, uh, okay, that was totally dead. But anyway, so we're the we're the Finleys on film. We love films. We love to argue. We love each other, and we love to take the piss out of each other. All right. All right. Bye, everyone. Bye. Bye bye. <laughs>